was still in the bathroom. She chided herself for impatience. After all, what was the hurry? She had all evening, all night. But her back hurt from standing all day painting, and her arms and shoulders ached from preparing the light dinner of fish, fruit, and salad. She folded back the covers and slid into bed. Ah, it felt so good to lie down. She chuckled to herself, thinking how sexual cravings changed during a lifetime. In her youth, desire often made it impossible for her to sleep. Now she was in her fifties, and she wasn't sure she could stay awake to make love. Well, that was only to be expected, she supposed, now that she'd traded her birth control pills for KY jelly. She opened the drawer of the bedside table and took out the new tube she'd bought yesterday. When should she put it on? Should she wait and let Aubrey put it on? Would he want to? He was a bit finicky when it came to the earthier parts of being human. Which reminded her she should bring some towels to the bed. Sex was such a messy business, and Aubrey was such a tidy man. The only child of a wealthy family, he'd been coddled and fussed over and raised to live up to certain standards of elegance. He was the only man she'd ever met who actually owned, and sometimes wore, a cravat. He loved squiring Faye to operas, ballets, concerts, and the many charity events to which he donated generously. Tall, handsome, possessing a thick head of gleaming silver hair, Aubrey was also deeply kind. Faye didn't know that she loved him, but she was terribly fond of him and thought he was equally fond of her. That didn't necessarily equate to sexual passion, but the night they first met, that exciting, surprising spark had been there. One spring evening, at an open house at the Haven, they'd begun chatting in front of the art exhibit. Over the course of the evening, they'd lingered, feeling more and more drawn to one another. In fact, by the end of the evening, they'd found themselves making out in the front seat of Aubrey's Jaguar like a couple of hormone-driven teenagers. Yes, Faye remembered with a smile and a little shiver, they definitely had been sexually attracted to each other. Unfortunately, Aubrey's daughter Carolyn had interrupted them, rapping on the window, nearly snarling at Faye. That had cooled their ardor, and since then, events had conspired to make it difficult, if not impossible, to regain that passion. They were busy people, occupied with family duties and private interests. They were older, and they were less energetic. Furthermore, Aubrey, who was in his early seventies, almost fifteen years older than Fay, had made a brief bad marriage to a young gold digger just before he met Fay. While the marriage had been annulled and his fortune safely protected, his self-esteem had been damaged. He knew only too well how sexual desire could get him into trouble. Well, everyone at the hot flash stage came with a burden of history. Faye knew she was one of the lucky ones. She had loved her husband Jack for all the thirty-five years of their marriage. His unexpected death when he was only sixty-four had plunged her into a well of grief. With her daughter and granddaughter around, she'd eventually struggled back into a life of something like happiness— and with the help of her hot flash club friends, she'd begun to have fun again. 
They'd encouraged her, a year or so after Jack's death, to try dating. What a bizarre quartet of experiences that had occasioned. She snickered now, remembering the four different men and the disastrous dates. At least she'd ridden a motorcycle. She'd always be a bit proud of that. Jack had been the only man she'd ever slept with in her life, except for the brief affair she had the year she turned 30. Back then, Jack had put in 18-hour days at a law firm, and Faye had kept house, mothered her baby, and organized the obligatory cocktail parties. Zeke, an old friend just back from leading a hiking tour in New Zealand, had seemed like freedom, danger, fresh air. He didn't love her. He didn't even care for her. He was just furiously sexually attracted to her. When they made love, it was fierce and completely physical. Kindness, trust, love, and the responsibilities of family weren't in the same room. They weren't even in the same universe. Remembering those few brief, crazy meetings brought a smile to Faye's face. And then, oh, damn, another hot flash. This one was accompanied by its familiar comrade, irrational crankiness. Why was Aubrey taking so long? She huffed in exasperation. In a way, it seemed rather cold making love this way, after they'd performed their necessary ablutions, but Aubrey was easily embarrassed by the indignities of age. The bathroom door opened, finally. Faye's heart did a little salsa step, and she sat up, smiling. Sorry to be so long, Aubrey apologized. Candlelight, how nice. He was completely naked as he came toward the bed, and Faye gave him full points for courage. She wasn't ready to walk naked in front of him. With her clothes on, she felt attractive, and she wondered briefly whether it would be possible for her to keep her nightgown on while they made love. Aubrey slid into the bed next to her. He was in excellent shape for a man in his seventies, yet beneath his silver chest hair little pouches of fat hung, and Faye was glad. They lay side by side, smiling at each other. Aubrey put a warm hand on Faye's arm. You look very elegant. She blinked in dismay. I look like an elephant? Aubrey laughed. I said, he repeated carefully, enunciating each word, you look very elegant. Oh, Faye laughed, too, relieved. Great, I'm going deaf, too, she thought. Aubrey moved his hand, gently slipping the nightgown strap down her arm. The lace bodice folded delicately over, revealing her breast. Aubrey said, You're beautiful, Faye. Leaning forward, he kissed her. His mouth tasted of both mint and cinnamon, and Faye was slightly amused at all his careful grooming. But as they moved together, touching with hands and mouth and lips and teeth different parts of each other's body, she was glad he smelled so very good, so clean and slightly spicy. As he delicately explored her, bits of her body woke up, like plants lifting their faces to the sun after a long winter. Now she was glad he moved so slowly. Her flickering thoughts, the day's warm sun, the delicious evening meal, her lovely house, this shadowy room, 
melted away in concentric rings like the reverse of a stone tossed into a lake. The world grew smaller, tighter, more concentrated, on the bed, on their bodies, on her skin. And then, beneath her skin, in the warm, nearly forgotten space between her thighs. Aubrey spotted the tube of moisturizing jelly. Without speaking, he opened it and gently and very slowly spread it on Fay, his fingertips painting spirals of sensation on tender, long, unnoticed skin. He lay on his back, pulling Fay on top of him, and for just a moment she thought, Oh no, all my double chins! But he adjusted himself, moving her hips with his hands, and she gave herself over to pure feeling. Oh my, her body said, I remember this. This is very nice. Goodness, her body said, this is very, very... Scoot forward just an inch, her body demanded. Tilt forward. No, more, more. Now! Aubrey, she gasped. Tilting her pelvis forward, her body found a spot she'd forgotten existed. She moaned aloud as she adjusted herself. In response, Aubrey put his hands on her breasts, both arousing and supporting her as she lifted and lowered her hips. She'd forgotten to take out her barrette, but her hair fell loose of its own accord, a strand of it sticking in the sweat on her forehead. This was really a kind of labor, like climbing a mountain, a breathtaking endeavor, a struggle, and she was so close, so close, so close, she was almost... Ah! Aubrey cried out, dropping his arms to his chest. With a sudden...